This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Good to see you all out, all decked out, ready for Super Bowl Sunday. That's not why we come to church. It's still going to be fun today. Well, bless all of you. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real high, and our ushers will get you one. Let me give you a thought as you're getting a Bible. I don't know if you've experienced this already in the start uh, 2016, but I kind of sense a flow here that isn't always good in our lives. There in uh, Luke 11, verse 17, the Lord Jesus said that a, a kingdom divided can't stand, and then he goes on to say a house divided can't stand, or it'll fall. And so the, the devil will try anything he can to get division in your life. Whether it's in your home, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's at work, even in our nation. And so and part of saying that is to understand, don't put up with it, okay? Don't, don't let him divide and tear down things. Remember John 10.10, 10, it says the, the, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy he wants to rip you off any way he can. And so if you're experiencing that, just understand, in the name of Jesus, you have authority against that. So stand with it, okay? Just don't, don't put up with it. If you've got a Bible, go to, to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. Now, in starting with this today, it's going to be a little different slant on giving, but God wants to create in every one of us the heart of a farmer. And when you think about a farmer, a farmer knows that he's got he's to plow the land. He's got to till the ground. He's got to get the ground ready. And then he puts a seed in the ground. And the farmer knows that that seed won't come up instantly. But if it gets the right moisture, that it'll come up. And then after it comes up, they, they cultivate and they keep tending to it. And before long, they have a harvest. And after they have a harvest, guess what happens? It starts all over again. And so this is the way a farmer lives. And even if he experiences crop failure, even if he gets held out, even if the winds come and blow his plants down, he doesn't quit farming. He doesn't give up because farming is in his heart. And that's the same with every one of us today, that I believe God wants us to learn to identify with God's heart. And the way that happens, he'll change your heart. You know, every one of us in this room, we're born into this world takers, but we're born again givers. If we'll get a hold of the things of God. Let's begin in Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. Interesting. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you used, it will be measured back to you. So literally, the Lord Jesus is telling me and you that if I have a judgmental or critical spirit, the way I dish it out will be the way it will return to me. And he literally tells me and you that the way you treat other people, the way you'll be treated, and the standard that you use will be the standard that will be measured back to you. Now, it's very easy in my own life that I can magnify the faults of other people while excusing my own. And oftentimes, the behavior patterns of mine are the very ones that I criticize in other people. It's very easy to do. You know, I, I said this in the first service. I, I was watching a thing on SportsCenter the other day, and many of you know the, the quarterback for the Browns, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. 
And he's messing up royally in life right now. Just not doing anything good. And there's one side of us as human beings wants to say, well, that little arrogant brat, he's getting everything he deserves. But the other side of that is I heard his father say this, that he said, I believe that if he doesn't get help, he may not see his 24th birthday. He's very suicidal. And so in that sense, I begin to look and think it's very easy for us to judge people because their outward uh, uh, habits, the things they do, but we never know someone's true heart. And so it shows me right there that this guy, he needs Jesus. Just like every one of us. And so this passage right here is I got to get to the place in my heart where I judge my heart. Now, this is part of what is called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 6. And where we're going here in the book of Luke is the same passage about the Sermon on the Mount. But it has a little bit different insight that I believe the Lord wants to help us even in the area of giving today. I will tell you this, that we'll be on giving, uh, of course, today and then next Sunday the 14th. We have a guest speaker, uh, Brandon Cormier, on the 21st. And then I'm going to end this series on the 28th with the last one. Please don't miss any any of these. These will change your life, okay? Luke chapter 6, verse 38. If you'll note there, it's red letter words, it's Jesus. And he says, give. And it, what you give, will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this is a, a universal law. You give, God gives in return, but the ground can only give back what it's put in there, okay? So in a farming term, you put corn in the ground, you're not going to get broccoli back, okay? But in this passage here, when he says it's good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, understand this, that anything we sow, it comes back more than what we gave. Take a kernel of corn, you put that kernel in, it will come back in the form of a stalk. On that stalk is usually between four and five years of corn with each one having between 300 and 350 kernels of corn. It's the same as an apple seed. You put an apple seed in the ground, you know you're not going to get an apple back. You're going to get a whole tree. So this is what he's talking about here, but I got to give. Now, most of the time when we, we hear Luke 6, 38 presented given, it'll be given back to you. Usually it's in the giving terms of money. And we always assume it that way because that's the way it's presented. But literally when he's talking about this, it's a lot more principle than that. God wants us to understand this principle that this is what happens in every area of your and my life. Now whether we realize it or not, all day long we're planting seed. Good seed or bad seed, but we're planting good or bad. Either way. You're planting seed, and guess what? There's going to be a harvest, and it's only determined by what you put in the ground, okay? Now, to understand this a little more, let's go back to verse 36. Let me read these, and this will help us. Verse 36, it says, Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. So to a degree right here, he's telling me, I, I must imitate God. 
This God-created identity on the inside of me. It only happens when I get born again and I keep hungering for the things of God. He says, verse 37, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And then he jumps in and says, Give, and it will be given back to you. So we begin to see this principle that if I judge, it will be given back to me. If I condemn, it will be given back to me. But even the area of forgiveness. And none of this is multiple choice. It reads the same for you as it does for me. Every one of us got to get a hold of this. Now, let me give you a couple areas of, of forgiveness that I believe will help you. There's a lady that is in our church. Actually, she was in the first service. But years ago, her brother was murdered with a knife. The guy stabbed him to death. And they convicted him. He was guilty. And so after the judge announced the sentences upon his life, the judge said to every family member, would you like to say something to him? Now, I've, I've never had a family member killed brutally like that. But just for a minute... Put yourself in their shoes, okay? If someone killed someone that was very dear to you and you had the opportunity to say something to them, what would you say? Well, she said that her family members got up one by one and they would go and one looked and said, I pray you rot in hell. Another said, I pray you burn in hell. Another one said, I pray that everything that you did to him, you experience it in jail And so one right after the other, they spoke their heart and they walked out. Well, she was the last one there. She walked up to him and looked at him and said, what you did was wrong and they found you guilty. And she said, I will tell you this, I forgive you. I forgive you. That's a choice. She didn't have to, but she chose to do that. In a very difficult situation. Now understand this. In Mark 11 verse 25. The Lord Jesus said this. If you don't forgive others. I cannot forgive you. I don't know about you. But man I really really welcome the Lord's forgiveness in my life. Of all the stuff I've done. But many times in our life. When things don't go the way we want. We're like God you got to move in this area. I wonder how many times in those in our lives that we have unforgiveness in our heart and we won't give it. We won't give it. Now, when he said give and it would be given back to you, does that giving apply to money? It does. It applies to money. But you can also give mercy. You can give grace. You can give kindness. You can give patience. And you can give forgiveness. And understand what Jesus said here. It will be measured back to each one of us exactly the way we give it. Years ago, there was a lady here in the church, and she had cancer and wasn't doing well at all. Actually, she had a tumor the size of a volleyball in her stomach. And so she called one day and said, Pastor, would you come to the hospital and lay hands on me? And I, I believe in laying hands on the sick. That's biblical. That's, that's Mark 16. He said, lay hands on the sick in my name and they'll recover. So I I was praying that day and just very clearly I sensed the Lord say to me, don't pray for her to be healed. 
And I said, why, Lord? And he said, because I won't heal her. She has unforgiveness in her heart. And I've dealt with her until she gets rid of that. So I drive up to the hospital. And man, I mean, you're talking about tug of war in my heart. I thought, Lord, she thinks I'm coming to pray for her, but you tell me don't pray for her. And so I get out of the elevator and I'm walking to her room and I hear the Lord say to me, don't, don't pray for her. I'm not going to heal her. So guess the dilemma I'm in now. Do I obey God or do I go in there and just bluff it and lay hands on her knowing God's not going to heal her? So I walk in and she pops up in the bed. She said, Pastor, I'm so glad you're here to pray for me today to be healed. And I looked at her and I said, I'm not going to pray for you to be healed. You have unforgiveness in your heart. And the Lord said, until you forgive that person, he can't heal you. She exposes herself and she says out of her mouth, I'll never forgive him. I'll go to my grave before I'll forgive him. Now I think about those in those terms, and this may sound harsh, but understand this. God will do exactly what he says in his word. And when he says here, you're going to reap it as you sow it, i got to realize he means it. He's serious. Now, we're in the book of Luke. Turn back to the page to, to Luke 6, and I'll begin in verse 27. Whatever you give will be given back to you, okay? The heart of God. And, and the principle of give and give back is, is the reward. It's not the motivation. I give to give. I give to give. And that's what we've got to understand. Now, again, God wants to change my heart today. Look at Luke 6. Begin with me in verse 27. But I say to you who hear, that's every one of us in this room right now, you're going to hear. You're going to hear the word of God. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Now, I've read that numerous times in my life, and there's times I look at that and I say, that's not fair. And there's times I think, what God in his right mind would want us to do that? A God that loves us, and a God that knows what's best for us. And he says in verse 28, Bless those who cursed you. And in that phrase, the bless there, it takes you to an area that you speak good things about people that have said bad things about you. How many of everybody had anybody say bad things out about you? And your first response is, if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to get even. I'll, I'll retaliate. I'm going to pray the Brutus prayer. God, whack them at the knees. Get them. Now, see, we can laugh at stuff like that, but most of us in here, we've done stuff like this. So he said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. I look and I think this is exactly the opposite of what the world tells us to do. The world says somebody do you wrong, get them. If it's the last thing you do, get them, get even. But not what Father God said. Verse 29. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. So he's saying, don't retaliate, but give aggressive, aggressive, aggressive acts of kindness. Now, I'm not going to do that out of my own nature. The only way that happens is when Jesus comes in my heart and he begins to change me. And he says, I'm going to help you walk that out. Verse 30, 
Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. you got to be kidding, Jesus. No, he wouldn't. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Now, he'll use that phrase, even sinners do that, three times. The next one he says in verse 33. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same, ones that don't even know me. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Don't act like the world. You know what the message says here? Here It says the stingiest of pawnbrokers does that. And so I must heed this, what he's beginning to tell me. I've got to practice the servant life. I've got to actually become these things and I've got to do these things to do what Jesus asked. Verse 35. But love your enemies. Do good and lend Hoping for nothing in return. That's a big statement that Jesus made. He said, you give it and don't even hope for anything in return. So the the giving part is give to give to give. It wasn't about, I'm going to give it so I can get it back. Now, I will tell you this. You give, it's going to come back to you. But that's not my motive. The reward is my motive. The motive isn't he's going to always get it back to me. So he goes on to say, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. You know who the unthankful and the evil were? Me and you. Before we gave our heart to Jesus, this is who we were. And I look and I think, thank God He's forgiven me. Thank God He hadn't given up on me. He's faithful when I hadn't been faithful. Verse 36. Therefore be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. So he tells me, i got to come to the place where i got to imitate God. And again, my heart must be grateful. But oftentimes what happens is we have a thing called selfishness within us. Selfishness tries to manipulate. And then selfishness on the other side of the coin it, it says, not only manipulate, it makes excuses. Well, you know what? I shouldn't have to do that. But I'm either going to live by the word of God or I'm not. Now, go into the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy 15. And, and as you're turning there, I'm going to give you a, a proverb. It's Proverbs 27, 19. It says, a wise man's heart reveals the man. A wise man's heart reveals the man. He didn't say his outward appearance, his outward actions. He said his heart. And every one of us in here, the, the all too human, the all too human fear is we say stuff like this. I can't afford to give. I can't afford to give. I got to get to place in my life where I'm giving all day long. Whether it's forgiveness, whether it's kindness, whether it's financially. Now watch here in Deuteronomy, again in verse 15. Or chapter 15, I mean verse 17. 
Deuteronomy 15, 17. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand. Now just think what he just said here. When I harden my heart, I shut my hand. Do you want to locate your own heart right now? If your heart is hard, your hand will be closed. That's what the Bible said, okay? And he ends in verse 7 and he says, And you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother. That last statement literally means you better watch how you live or it can boomerang on you. The very thing with him could come upon you. Verse 8. But you shall open your hand wide. You shall open your hand freely to him. And willingly lend him sufficient for his need and whatever he needs. Now when I read the word willingly. Willingly says I'm going to have to do it on purpose. It's going to have to be intentional. Now. The only way that happens is when Jesus changes my heart. Because every one of us in this room right now, none of us had to go to classes to learn how to be selfish. How many of you taking college courses right now learning to be selfish? I never had to talk to be selfish. We're born selfish. It's like I said earlier. We're born takers, but when we get born again, he wants us to become givers. And so this is what he's literally talking about. He goes on to say in verse 9. Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. A wicked thought where? In your heart. It's an interesting statement. And look at the very next word in my Bible. It says same. So what happens to us when my heart is wicked... I'll begin to voice it out of my mouth. That's that's Matthew 12, 34. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So he's saying, when you have a wicked heart, you'll begin to speak it out of your mouth. Now watch what he says here, verse 9. The seventh year, the year of release is at hand. Let me tell you what that means. In the Jewish customs, every seven years, all debt is forgiven. And we said, maybe we ought to bring that back. Well, it would depend on what side of the stick you're on. Be a little different if they're the ones that owe you everything. Keep reading. The seventh year is at hand. The year released and your eye be evil against your brother or your poor brother and you give him nothing. And he cries out to the Lord against you. And it becomes sin among you. Now literally what here is talking about. Is the seventh year is approaching. And let's just say we're in the sixth year. And Jimmy comes to me and says. I really need you to lend me this. And I get the thought and saying, Hmm. If I give him this. There's a good chance I'm never going to get it back. Because the seventh year is coming 
and then it'll all be forgiven again. So you know what? I'm not going to do it. Now he says, the wicked thought begins in my heart, and then I begin to say that. But if you'll look at the end of that verse, verse 9, he says, and it becomes sin among you. So when I become selfish and I type my answer, I'm not giving it to him. In God's eyes, he's just told me this is sin. Now, the only way that you break a selfish heart, you want to break the neck of selfishness in your life, start giving. Open up your hand. Now, this was probably 20 years ago. My brother pastors in Clovis. And their church building was in downtown Clovis, and they were on the process of buying new land and a new building. And I was on his board in those days, and and many people right now, if you saw the complex that the church in Clovis has, it's big. I mean, they got all kinds of facilities. Uh, They own 37 acres of land. It's massive. And a lot of people have this thought, this is how it always was. Well, it wasn't. So 20 years ago, I'm on the board, and the building they're in, we're talking about selling it, and it would bring probably about a half a million dollars to sell it. So we're praying one day, and my brother looks at all of us on the board and says, I don't believe we're supposed to sell it. I believe we're supposed to give it away. And so you're looking at what the new building's going to cost, the land and everything, And you're thinking, this genius wants to give it away. So he said, I'm not going to do anything until we all pray and we all come into agreement. A week or two passed and we all get in agreement. We came in and I said, I sense in my heart we need to give it away. We give that land away to another church. And I mean, you ought to have seen their faces. They were so lit up. Man, we got another building or a new building. But what literally took place with that act of giving right there to say, you know what, let's, let's get five, uh, uh, half a million, 500,000 out of them. We opened our hand. And I literally saw the neck be snapped of selfishness. And all of a sudden it was like God opened a floodgate. I believe he still operates that in every area of our lives. Because he he goes on to say this in verse 10. You shall surely give to him. And your heart should not be grieved. You know what the grieving part is? It's giver's remorse. Oftentimes we give and then we look and say, I should have never done that. I wish we shouldn't have done that. I look at my wife and said, oh, we should have done. No, he said, don't do that. Why is this so significant? He said, don't grieve when you give to him because for this thing, the thing you gave, the Lord God will bless you in all your works and all to which you put your hand to do. Holly, I thought you guys would shout on that. Let me walk you through it. You missed a good time. God said, when you give, you just trust me. Because for this thing, he said, I'm going to bless all the works and every hand, everything you put your hand to do. Now think about this just a second. 
Think about all the different things my hand touches on a daily basis. He said, because you open wide your hand, I'm going to bless everything you put your hand to. I can lay my hands on my children and they'll be blessed. I can lay my hands on my wife and they'll be blessed. I can lay my hands on my cars and my home and it'll be blessed because he said so. And it's a step of saying, I don't want to be stingy. Let me quote a verse to you. Many of you will know this. This is Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate on the word there in day and night that you may observe to do it, and then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Most Christians process this verse this way. I got to start speaking the word. I got to speak the word. I got to speak the word. That is true. And we'll say stuff like this. Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then we meditate on the word. The word meditate means recite it. I recite it over and over and over and over again. And then we say, Lord, I've spoke the word. I've meditated on the word. And you said, then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. So there it is. But one key ingredient we leave out is he said, speak the word, meditate the word day and night that you may do it. That you may actually do it. And so the doing part is what unleashes the blessing and success. That's James 1.22. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. So you know what a doer of the word is to actually live it, to actually be it. And this was the heart of God. And so we go back and look at verse 10 and he says, For this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all works in which you put your hand to do. So the blessing is I get to live a blessed life in every area. But two areas that will attack every one of us in this room. Before you give, you're selfish. And then after you give, don't allow your heart to grieve. Don't allow your heart to grieve. In other words, I've got to come to a place where I have that willing heart. Now watch what goes on here in verse 11. For the poor will never cease from the land. Let me throw this in for you. This may help you a little bit. There's a difference between poor and lazy. The definition of poor in America isn't the definition of poor around the world. You know what the definition of poor is in America? I don't have the new cell phone. I don't have a flat screen TV. I'm not ever against helping the poor. But when people look at this and say, I can just be lazy, that's not true, guys. That's not true. That's free. Let's just keep reading. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I command you. I command you saying, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor, and your needy in the land. Now, if I read right in there, Jesus didn't say, or the Lord didn't say, "I, I highly recommend this. He said, I command you. Verse 12, if your brother is a Hebrew or a Hebrew woman has sold you and served you six years, then in the seventh year, you shall let him go free from you. 
And when you send him away free from you, you shall let him go away empty-handed. You shall supply him liberally. Now listen to all the words that pertain directly to me and you. From your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine presses. In other words, however you make your living. And he says, from what the Lord your God has blessed you, you shall give to him. The great patriarch of the faith was a man named Abraham. In Genesis 12, verses 1, 2, and 3, the Lord specifically said to Abraham, he said, listen, Abe, I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. I want to make your name great. And the last of the four promises was this. I've blessed you to be a blessing. He didn't bless Abraham to say, look at everything I got. He didn't multiply. He didn't make his name. Everything that God said is, I want you to channel it back to me. And on top of that, Abraham, I've blessed you to be a blessing. Verse 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. Woo, powerful right there again. You know, with every one of us in this room, we'll either live with greed or we'll live with gratitude. Every one of us in this room will have either one of those two attitudes right there. I'll either live greedy or I'll live with gratitude. Turn with me to Psalms one, or Psalm chapter 7. Psalm chapter 7. And he got quiet in this Presbyterian church. I love the Presbyterians. Bless them. Psalm chapter 7. Psalm chapter 7. So this becomes a whole different slant on the area of giving. Again, you begin to see from the Word of God today, whether we go back to Matthew 7, Luke 6, here in Deuteronomy 15, it impacts every area of my life. That's why I'm saying God's got to change my heart. Change my heart, okay? So we watch Psalm chapter 7, verse 9. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. Let it stop. But Father God, establish the just, sustain the just. For the righteous God, he tests the hearts and the minds. God tests the secret parts of every one of us. And it's very easy as for to fool people. But I can't fool God. He he sees the real me. He sees my motives. He sees my attitudes. He sees my actions. But when I I pass the test, look what happens in verse 10. My defense is of God. My defense isn't of man. When I, I live from my heart and I live pleasing to God... He becomes my defense. Actually, in the Proverbs, it says that he becomes the strong tower that we, the righteous, can run to and be safe. In Psalm 3, it says, For God is the glory and the lifter of my head. And so I quit looking at people and I quit looking at things and I realized, God, you're my defense. Who saves the upright in heart. He saves the one that have learned to live from their heart. 
The ones that cry out and say, Father God, I need help. Now, this is my prayer for me and for you today. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. I want to be like you. You're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me and shape me. This is what I pray. I've got to have a heart to say, Lord, change me. Change me. And I can tell you this, that the greatest changes in my life is when I quit living like this in every area. Whether that's in unforgiveness toward other people. Whether that's being judgmental, critical. Whether that's saying, Lord, I'm not going to curse them, I'm going to bless them. I'm not going to hate them, I'm going to love them. And I realize on the inside of everything, that defies everything within us as, as human beings in the natural. But when God changes our heart, it changes the way I look at things. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.